All right, Zig coming in at the top 10 on the show. We have Silver and Tunes. They are uh, traveling musicians who gave up their homestead and now are touring the country attempting to help others find their own. And they're doing this by taking the DIY punk attitude, playing venues that aren't venues, and donating a, a portion of the proceeds from the merch sales to various charities along their tour. They're playing this Saturday in Cleveland at Karoosh Park, 7 to 2 p.m., free access to the show and free food. So, Saturday from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., if you guys are not doing anything, I recommend checking out this show. They're two very inspiring individuals, and we get into their leap into their creative field, as well as um, what inspired them to do to do this charity approach to shows. Also, if you can like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on all the podcast platforms, it helps me keep talking to cool, inspiring individuals like Silver and Tune. So, without further ado, Silver and Tunes. What the, signif- the significance of 90210 is? 90210? Yep. That is... Oh, so that is... um, That is... Can I cheat? That is... Uh, well, 90210, I know that's Beverly Hills, but for me, the significance is my name came from a character, um, partially from a character that I loved. Um, her name was Silver, and I just really loved that name ever since I heard it, and I was just like... I love that name. Like, I, I was thinking, like, I'll be my nickname. Maybe I'll name my kid that nickname. And then one day it just came to me, like, you know what? That could be, like, a stage name for me, especially once I kind of tied it in with some of the other um, the other things um, that it kind of stood for silver. So is is that where you were going with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just it came. I Usually with a um, – since this was kind of a quick rush thing, I usually get to spend a lot of time and do the deep dives and try to find the – the do you remember these questions but like um that came up i'm like what, what i wonder what that's about and i should have put it together that it was 90210 i didn't i just didn't read it like that i'm like what <laughs> oh, wait where did you find that cuz I, I don't even remember did i put it in my bio or something i don't even remember it was it in my bio or i had to even find it like where did that come from <laughs> i love that show okay yeah <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> that's fun wow um but yeah yeah okay all right and where what about the name Tunes, where'd that come from? So Tune is, uh, it's funny, like, you know Lil Wayne, right? Yeah. Tunchy. Yeah. You know, uh, exactly. <laughs> my, um, like, he's my favorite rapper, like, my, my idol musically. So, like, you know what I'm saying? As a kid, I would always, and I mean always listen to his music. I was a Young Money fan. I wanted to be signed to Young Money. So my sister would always call me Tune, like Tune, Tune. <laughs> so it kind of just, you know. Yeah, that's kinda, awesome. Nice. Yeah, it kind of. What's what's a, what was music like in the family? Music is like so. It's honestly sibling. Like we all made music. Even even the brother, even the sisters who can't rap, like they tried to rap. You know. Right. <laughs> like, so we always like from a kid. I've always, I was like, Lil Wayne was my inspiration. So like, from dedication to Drought 3, how he would rap on other people's beats, I did the same thing. Like, I would pull up DJ Banner instrumentals or whatever the most popular song is. And if I like the instrumental, I would just write my own lyrics over that popular song. And we all did it in the house. And that's that's kind of where music came from in my household. Gotcha. Okay, so it was like, well, that's cool because everyone can at least do it you know what i mean everyone partake and just have fun and try to figure it out and that's uh, right it's interesting with music you don't really get that type of environment even like when it's a uh, uh professional right like uh music's kind of to, to get good at it, you got to be bad at it you got to like you got to get the, right. those skills <laughs> up to a level that they matter or not matter but can convey right and like right. uh it's interesting because, like, you know, we see that with like language. Like, kids, babies can't talk, but everyone, anytime a baby's like, ah, everyone's like, oh, she looked at you and said something. That's so great. Right. You know, we celebrate, we celebrate that uh, emerging of of being able to convey. But when it's like someone trying to play a song and maybe they're not in key or maybe they're off rhythm, everyone's like, yeah, don't quit your day job. And you're like, ah, way to encourage anybody. <laughs> Um, Silver, what about you? What was music like in your family? So, in my family, so, um, 
I might have got the singing gene from my mother because my mother actually um, used to be a singer, and a lot of people. She was she was in. Uh, I think she was in gospel choir when she was younger, but I know growing up she would um, sometimes, um, why can't I think of the name, like, I guess conduct um, for my uncle's choir, and she actually, she would get a lot of requests to come, like, sing songs at different churches, so I remember um, being a child and um, somebody asked my mom to come sing, and she would, we would go to church, and she would sing um, the song. It's the same, I think, two songs. I know that the one of them, everybody always tease her. It was, it's a song, it's a gospel song called I Won't Complain. Like, that song got sung every, like, people just knew that Gina was going to come sing I Won't Complain. So um, she um, used to do that. And then how how the earliest I can remember as far as, like, singing, um, I don't even know. I just, the, the, the earliest I remember as a child, I think I had to be about between the age of five to six. My father... Um, I just remember one day he was talking about, we're going to be like, he was trying to do like some type of Jackson five thing. And he got to talking to us and he was yeah. like, the singer, your brother's going to play drums. This brother's going to play guitar. This one's going to play piano. And he bought me a karaoke machine. I believe he bought me a karaoke machine. He bought my brother a keyboard. He never got around to buy my brother drums, but my brother, like my brothers, I guess they weren't really that interested. So they never really did it. He probably played with the piano and then eventually he never messed with it again. So I'd start using my brother's keyboard that he got bought. Um, I don't know if I used to sing or I don't know what it was. I don't know how my father said, you're going to be a singer. I don't know if he heard me singing. I don't remember. But my mom told me I used to sing when I was younger. So maybe. Uh, but I know definitely after that, you would catch me singing and putting on concerts um, in the house a lot because I had a keyboard and a karaoke machine. So you couldn't tell me anything. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the earliest I remember um, music and how it was within my family. I was kind of the only musician outside of my mother um, who used to sing when I was younger. Gotcha. Hey, well, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't tell someone to turn down when they got the volume. They got the <laughs> <laughs> right. It's uh, that it's weird. Like when you see like a a, a younger kid or a younger sibling or a, a student or whatever. Like you see traits that you've kind of gone through a little bit. So uh -huh. maybe that's why your mother was like, "Oh, you're gonna get into it. it it's like it's it's on the wall," and like yeah. it's a really interesting phenomenon right to be able to see this thing sparking in somebody and it's yeah. it's weird with like kids you never know what it's gonna be you never mm. know what's really gonna get the get them interested in stuff because like I, I, as a teacher trying to wrangle a class that will be fun usually falls on its face and like that's the worst thing in the world i'm like oh. <laughs> right you know what i mean like the, there's no there's no clear-cut way to do this unless maybe it involves animals animals are always a win but like yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was talking about like not too long ago that like animals they kind of like they have their path in life and they just do that and like humans are so different because like we we're made we it doesn't really matter what we're made for we always seem to like branch off and do our own little things but it's different with like animals because they're living breathing things and even like plants and stuff like like they just do whatever they're supposed to do in life and like humans is just different like we just do all different types of stuff so I, I was thinking about that the other day like that's that's kind of crazy when you kind of think about it right right yeah. why do you think that is that's it i mean i guess i mean you know they say god give us free will so i guess human beings were granted free will whereas maybe animals weren't granted free will so they have to do what they put on this earth to do i don't know <laughs> right right i mean that's a that's like a it's a tall question to answer, but it's a fascinating thought. Like yeah. because you don't really, the tree just grows, right? It doesn't really think about where it's going to grow or exactly. what it's going to grow through or how it's going to wreck the exactly. pipes in your basement. It just keeps exactly. growing. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's and like, and maybe maybe it's maybe it's like the social pers like aspect of people. You know what I mean? Like we, like uh. Uh, kind of on that thought, I was reading, um, it was, I think it's a bit from Heigl, a uh, philosopher, like about uh, uh, people, we don't, how we, identify, how we identify ourselves is through how others identify us. And mm. I think he called it the reflective, uh, there was some other name for it, but like, we, uh, mm -hmm. like, you were a musician maybe because everyone kind of told you you were, and then you're like, well, that's how I'm perceived out of 
my perception. You know, that's how people see me. Yeah. So is I guess I am a musician. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how often do we define who we are? And as much as we think we do, I think, like, once it becomes outside of ourselves and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys just straight up dropped everything just to do music. You're musicians. Well, exactly. I, I was doing that before I dropped everything. And now that's what clarifies me is, like, the social perspective yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe this. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say maybe that maybe that there's the social aspect that kind of is that is that uh, um, the free will defining thing and maybe yeah yeah it's crazy you're bringing that up because i was thinking about um i was having a conversation with one of my um, friends the other day and i was i always talk about like if if people talk to me i talk about how my ultimate goal in life um i love music music is a passion of course i want to be a musician but ultimately i think all of that will drive me to philanthropy because i love helping people so i never because because i just that's just what i want to do like i just want to be able to have enough resources enough money that at any given time when i feel like I want to help somebody, which is like all the time when I see people in need, I just want to help them. But it's, it hurts sometimes when you don't have that, right. you know, the, the things you need. Um, so I just, you know, that's that's one of my goals. And I was talking to my friend about how, you know, how, how that's a goal of mine in the future. And she got to telling me like she basically got to talking to me like, well, what what stops you from having that philanthropy title right now? And I was like, I mean, I don't have the money and stuff. But then I got to thinking about it. Well, I'm doing this tour that's basically giving back and giving to people. Is that not philanthropy? Like in my head, it was like a philanthropist has to have a lot of money and they just, they just give, give, give. But it's like, no, I'm like, I am a philanthropist in a way. So I need to start putting that stamp and calling myself that. So I think on the other end of the spectrum too, is like we sometimes, yeah, because society will, or society has like, maybe I was even in my mind thinking like philanthropist has to have a lot of money. So you that's kind of maybe what society made me think. But then, um, you know, instead of people giving you a name or telling you what you are, I think sometimes we need to start seeing what we are and then become that. So that's why I started to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to put philanthropist in my title. That's what my ultimate goal is. That's what I want to do. So I'm going to start now, which is why, I, you know, I started to put that in things that I do and make sure that's something that I say because that's something I want to do. So um, it's interesting you brought that up because, I was I was just having a conversation kind of the other end of that, too, on how, you know, we say what we want to be, like, make sure we put that title so other people can start to kind of pick that up and they start calling you that because that's what you want to be known as. That's what you want to do. Right. So, right. Well, yeah. definitely like the, the state that the move to, to be determined and get that discipline that's required, it, it takes that mental thing. Right. It, it's. What whatever goal you want to set, you got to in your mind like work, go through the the failures and the acceptances and all the hard work and dedication that takes to do it. And it's interesting with a uh, philanthropy and like I, I with in because I I come from the kind of just like the background I gave before we started. Um, I fell into that too in a way. Um, but like what's interesting about the like when you look at like what are the big kind of things that help people out right and then like you look at what are the ones that really like uh, like resonate you know and like uh, move people and music moves people you know i mean Mm -hmm. music that's yeah your brain is reacting in so many different ways and one of which is causing you to tap tempo to a rhythm and like it it physically moves you and like so all it's interesting like a lot of like you see like a lot of uh, uh, um protest songs and music that changes your perspective and in some way like the way i not in some way i think in the ultimate way that what you're doing with this tour and using music to express yourself in a thing to gather people and move people is like the most philanthropist uh, uh, i'm trying to find a better word for it but uh, the, the most like real way you can do that <laughs> like sorry did i lose you no, I, okay. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought, but you know, I mean, like, it's a, it's a, it's it's sincere and honest, and you're you guys are touring all over the country, and you're doing it for a, a purpose that is above your own, and mm-hmm. like, aside from moving people with the art that you're doing, the whole thing is helping other people in each spot you're going, which is way cool. Right. Like, yeah. 
so many like uh, artists today like you, you see like big acts they go through town they're sitting there all day you know what i mean what like i mean I, yeah you got to pay for the bus and you got to pay for everyone aboard but, <laughs> so mm -hmm. i don't know what i'm talking about when it comes to that and you never know what the expenses are or who's paying for it but the fact that you're coming from this ground roots thing and like really helping people i think that's gonna it that definitely qualifies you to put that title in in, in anything you do now like yeah so yeah. that's like when I got your guys's email and I just read the the the, the subject right, which was uh, the quote, homeless musicians use talents to launch charity to raise money for homeless shelters. I was like, how do you not respond to that email? That's epic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, well, at first I'm like, wait, wait, are they helping them? No, no, it's not. They're not the homeless. They're helping. Like, and it's so cool. Like, um, when I was in a high school. I uh, went on tour with this band called State Radio, and their whole thing was they would do service projects in each state, and they had like a, they had a, a nonprofit that would go with them and conduct the whole thing, and the everyone would like before the gig would help out and like paint a park bench or or or, or collect trash and you know, everything was something different, but mm. that showed me that instead of music being this self indulgence and like celebrate me look at my single look at my, my 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 album look at the you know what i mean instead of that it's like you get to do that and show people that they can do that as well right because i think so much of a of the creative endeavor is kind of leading by example and what's inspiring about bob dylan is like well he can't sing but he can write a song so maybe i can write a song and can't sing you know what i mean like uh mm -hmm. so much of a of that thing is celebrating in yourself and the confidence to do something but when you take it to the next level and help others out of that context like with homeless shelters or with like whatever you can as you're doing your thing is even next level cool so i think <laughs> how that let's kind of dive into that how'd this idea come about um, so we yeah. were we were um you know i've been homeless before actually yeah. So I know how how it is, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like homeless, homeless. So like, um, we we were always gonna go on tour. Yeah. And we had we uh we were like talking about the tour, and I don't honestly I can't pinpoint exact. Well, we were talking about the tour, and, and we then, were trying to find events like stuff to do throughout each state. So it was like, we're going to do this. But I don't think this. that was part of it. It was, um, I think it, it became <laughs> because we were talking about how, like, we would be homeless, technically. And then some type of way we, we, we did we, did we try to think like we want to give back or something? First? I don't, I don't exactly pin, remember what pinpointed the, the, the giving back in like the homeless shelters. But I know it has something to do with like, cause we were selling everything. We're going to be homeless. And then some type of way, some, I think Toon said something about maybe helping other homeless people and then we just started exploring that whole option and was like yeah why not every city we go to you know we can link up with the homeless shelter that we can use this you know we want to we, we want to promote our music anyways and we're already out there doing that we can use the platform we were going to build for ourselves to um raise money for you know um other charities and other communities, um, not other charities, other, well, I guess it is a charity, but homeless shelter homeless in different shelters. communities um, to kind of help people who could, you know, because um, as, as as I was kind of saying in, in the story that I was telling about it, um, even though we're, at this time, we're homeless by choice, you know, we gave up everything, we don't have a, a stable home, you know, um, but we understand, like, for the average person who's homeless, that's not, it's definitely not by choice, so how can we help them um a little bit more as we go through it but um do you do you remember exactly what yeah I'm, I'm, i think we was just looking for stuff to do and um i was like we should donate we should um the concert i think the concert was like uh the icing on the top but i was definitely like we should um we should yeah, donate to a home charity like, yeah i think it started off just like he was saying we should donate to one or give because, oh, I think I remember. Because we have um, product lines, too, and, like, merchandise that we want That's to what go, it was. go yeah. about and sell. So we were talking about, hey, we should take some of this money that we're making and donate a portion to the charity. I think he brought that up. And then I was like, 
well, let's just make the whole, like the, the whole event, the whole concert that we're trying to plan and everything about them. And let's just raise the money for them. Like, you know, we don't, we we're not in it for the money anyways, uh, per se, music wise, you know, the reason we were planning the tour was we, it wasn't about the money. It's just, you know, of course we wanted people to hear our music, but now it's like, this is about other, you know, other people um, and, and all these different homeless people and raising money for them. So that was an even greater, greater cause. So I was just definitely on board from there and like, you know, trying to see how much we can, how much of an impact in each city we can make, um, to help other people while we're there. So that's kind of what it became. Right. That's awesome. No, that's, it's yeah. super badass. And like, I, I think it's really cool that you put out by like in the, in the bio, in the description that you guys are doing this by choice and you recognize yeah. that others don't. And like, yeah. I guess that comes from the firsthand experience, but like, um, but I think that's so important because it's not like it, it, it puts right out there that it's an honest thing that you guys honestly want to help while mm. while doing your your art and like and it's with that like it, it becomes like a you know when it comes to like some of these bigger places that donate and help out it becomes such like a a bureaucracy like well is this money going there how's this how's this yeah. working but when it's just the uh. like the two people running this whole thing which means you yeah. have to reach out to each shelter in Man. every city you go so that requires yeah. a lot of email and a lot of waiting and a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of extra work aside from trying to put together the venue of which which w the Cleveland one's a park right yeah it's uh it's at Karouche Park okay yeah. which I think it's even cool because that's the complete DIY like we don't need a venue we're gonna take over yeah. this park and it's gonna be open and you guys got free food and stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so sick and like it's yeah. gonna be this huge thing that's welcoming to so many people and I think that's gonna be those type of shows and events are so much more or have so much more impact than like the traditional stale like well, did you talk to the promoter? All right. Well, do you yeah. have any ideas for opening acts? Oh, you don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's see. We can do something in next September, and then you yeah. email them next September, and they're like, "Well, you you didn't email soon enough." You're like, "What? Yeah. I emailed last September, and you told me the email like, yeah. it, it, it it's such a bureaucracy of just even with the performing part." So yeah. the take on the extra burden of trying to do the uh, do the uh, the charity work with it is like double, and the fact that yeah. it's just you two makes it pure. And like you, I know where this is gonna go. It's gonna go from you to them before the end of tomorrow when you gotta go. Like, and I think that makes it even that, that's so cool. <laughs> like that's so badass. It's way cooler than just doing the venue thing. And yeah. the uh, here we are celebrate us. It's like here we are. We're yeah. gonna help this community and perform in it, but not yeah. in I it. Think sorry. It. No, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say not in it in the sense where you expect it should be. It's in it, in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to try to stick with the part two because, um, and we're and we're we're still working on trying to see how we can um act because of course. Because, you know, there's people that are homeless and then there's people that are like, they struggle with it, you know, getting food day to day in certain, you know, communities that they, they might not have a lot of resources and, and money to even like know where their next meal is coming from. But with it being at a park, I, I'm hoping that, you know, that's why I, I don't really want to have it at the most uppity park in Cleveland that I could find beautiful, pretty where, where there's not a lot of people who are, you know, um, struggling or lacking in that community. I wanted to try to find it, um, somewhere near, um, a community like that. So the people actually in that community that might, Hey, they might be low on food and they can come get something food free, uh, some free food. And, and even people who are homeless can, you know, feel free to just walk into the park and just, you know, come to the food station and grab them something to eat. Um, cause we, we wanted to make it like that because, um, I don't really know how to reach out to, I mean, I know I can let like maybe local shelters in that area know, Hey, can you tell some of, you know, um, people who come there, to that they can come down and get some free food between x and y time um but i like the idea of it being at a park because then it's just like you know somebody you know someone who actually is homeless and 
don't know where their next meal is coming from could just happen to be walking past and see like you know food and and we can maybe announce hey come get some free food or you know and they can just yeah. Um, instead of feeling, you know, like maybe I'm not dressed right or maybe I'm I'm not in a to, to walk into a venue that might be nice and, you know, go through all that. So I, I like the idea of the park and I will try to stick with just outside and just seeming very open and like it's a community event um, versus a venue where it, it might seem a little more, you know, a little more like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not challenging, but like a, a little more. um. It's not scary, but you know, like I don't uh, unapproachable and not less approachable to come into a venue and things like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's communal. It's welcoming. It's it's yeah, exactly. It's, it's what you would want that environment to be, and the and I think that it's my my DIY roots and in, in punk rock attitude is screaming. This is so badass because it is because you it's not where it's supposed to be. It's here, and everyone's welcome, and like. Yeah. Venues put up these walls where you have to pay a ticket to get in, and it's cool. You know, that's that's that thing, and those are. I'm grateful that those type of venues exist, and we can use them, and they celebrate the artist who is on the platform that's slightly elevated than everyone else in the room. But when you get to do it like that, and like everyone can come in, and like you're, those stories, there's going to be stuff that happens at those gigs that happen at no other gig ever. There's going to be someone that just hops on the mic, and that's how you meet Ralph, and Ralph becomes your new friend, and every time you go through Cleveland, you're going to remember Ralph, and like he's going to have some crazy mixtape <laughs> to send you, or you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like, or, or <laughs> like, it's going to make that event equally as because I think what, as far as like a performance, what makes, uh, when you see a show somewhere, a lot of times it's like, what's up, Detroit? Well, we're in Cleveland. Apparently you didn't read the, the Roger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you're so far removed because you do this same thing every night. It doesn't, yeah. it's not as like interactive. But when you're like, when, you know, when you're in it, it's, you remember that night. You're part of the yeah. thing. Everyone's part of it. We're all in this together, and that yeah. makes a show way more moving because you're, yeah. you know, it, it's. It, I'm talking to you. You're looking at me. I'm talking to you. Not like, right. what's up, nosebleed seats. <laughs> <laughs> we we appreciate you for coming out. Don't think we didn't forget. Right. And like, well, yeah, I know <laughs> you didn't forget because you saw the numbers before you came in. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't want to try because we, 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 we were, you know, we, we try to do our best with this because we were brainstorming, like, how can we, um, you know, get them the, the maximum amount of money we can get for these um, shelters. And um, so first it was like, well, should we charge to be a part of it? And it was like, no, because we, we do want to keep it welcoming and things like that. Um, so this is kind of how other ideas branch. And it's like, well, why not have some vendors, you know, who, um, since it's going to be people there anyways, they'll probably, some of them might want to shop and the vendors can maybe donate a portion of their proceeds instead of paying a vending fee. And just like from there, so so we kind of came up with those, those ideas and things like that. Um, and, and so that's how we're doing it, like vendors. So that's how, that's I feel like that's how the bulk of the, the, the money will raise um, for the shelters. Uh, we are having vendors and the vendors are going to give a percentage of their sales or a minimum amount if they don't, um, if the percentage is like way low or something, um, they'll give th that percentage and they'll donate it. And they're not paying us anything. They're donating it to the shelter of their sales from, from the event. Um, and then also we ask the vendors to donate one item. So, you know, I sell clothing, so I'll probably donate. I want to donate my most expensive item that I know people like work. I, I make like a jumpsuit. It's like $65. Um, so I'll donate a, like a, a, a jumpsuit and it'll be a part of a raffle and we figure, hey, we can just, you know, maybe charge however much for the raffle. And we're still tweaking that last thing, um, getting to see what everything is. And raffle off these items that the vendors gave us, they donated to be raffled off to earn money. So, you know, if we get, you know, 50 people, let's just say it was $10 raffle, hey, well, that's $500 that we're able to give to them and they, we donate off these items that were donated. I mean, we, we uh, raffle off these items that were donated on top of the sales and things like that. And then we're able to still have people come out and enjoy it and not have to pay for the event, not have to pay for the food. So I really, um, I think that was kind of a, a really good way to do it where it's more welcoming and the more, more people can come um, and 
and and then also you know of course we'll ask them hey donate at your leisure as well while you're here um but that's kind of how we came up with the plan to like uh, come up with some of the donations i think that's awesome because it's incorporating yeah. local business and yep. local food and it's all going and like for a vendor like that usually the the, the pay for the spot you know those are that gets depending on the festival or the output that gets to be a pretty expensive a ticket to to be there to be able to sling your stuff and like so to donate one thing and to make it one big portion that goes i think that's a really efficient way it involves everybody yeah. and celebrates everyone's craft yeah. whatever it is and like gives everyone a chance who maybe couldn't afford the 65 dollars jumpsuit to 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 win and help out you know exactly exactly so so that's what i, I really like and um yeah and it's, it's good for the the um the vendors because now they have people that they're getting to let know about their um businesses you know they're making sales and i mean technically it's going to a charity they're donating so it's right. technically a tax write off for them so i think nice. it's a win-win for yeah, everybody yeah. for super win-win for yeah um did you uh all right this is gonna uh have you heard of a homeless hookup cle no okay it's not a dating it's not a dating site it's <laughs> uh, it sounds like one though um my friend uh, he does this uh he, it's called homeless hookup cle and he decked out uh an rv and like yeah. he made the front part of it kind of like a, a like a mini mini like What's where I'm looking for? Barbershop, salon. Like it's mm. got a sink and he like you can get a haircut and in the back he's got oh. all these donated uh donated clothes. So what he'll do is like and it was much more active um before the pandemic, but mm -hmm. he would go around and pick people up from homeless shelters or he knew he knew all these spots where people were at and he would take them out, get them something to eat, get them a haircut, get them cleaned up wow. and give them some new clothes and just try to try to get get these people back on their feet and give them the mm -hmm. start that they need to, to mm -hmm. you know it look good for the interview or, or whatever exactly. or even just be warm so um wow. I would recommend if you guys since there's still time before the show um, uh -huh. which is the 15th what when's uh, it? it's actually this Saturday so the 12th the 12th Saturday yeah. um, so, homeless hookup. I'm writing it okay, down. yeah, homeless hookup CLE. Um, yeah. I'll I'll send you a I'll send you his information as well. Um, okay. After this, because uh, he at least as far as like reaching more, because you mentioned that earlier, he would be mm -hmm. able to help out here, and and maybe like can roll up and like uh, uh, be a part of the thing or like that would be might nice. be able to like uh, I don't know his life's like now post pandemic, yeah. but before that. Um, have you guys been to Negative Space, the art gallery, Superior and 28th? No. Actually, Toon, he just got here like two days ago. This oh, is okay. his first. You know, I'm from here, but I've been right. away for years. Um, but no, I haven't been there. Okay. Um, I'm on the board there, and like we were doing an event for uh, for the Homeless Hookup CLE thing before mm -hmm. the pandemic. And it was just a really – it's a really badass thing this guy does. And I think it can caddy with, with what you guys are doing and amplify that. Yeah. So definitely reach out to him. I um, definitely I hope he's available or I hope he can, you know, incorporate some type of way we can find a way to incorporate the two. Gotcha. So tell him tell him Dave from Negative Space sent you. And okay. like um I don't know if that or maybe that'll make him hang up quicker. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, hopefully it doesn't. Um well let's kinda let's kinda dive into the how did you guys meet and when did you guys start making music together? So we met, um, mind you, I told you I was homeless uh, way back when. So when I was homeless, I just applied to like every internship in Atlanta, like every single studio, music studio in Atlanta I applied. And I got accepted to um, a few, but like I, I took this one called ATLHD. So my first, after I did the interview, my first day actually sitting in as an audio engineer um, is when Silver came in the studio and like, she just came through laying her records and she was fucking awesome. Like, you know, like her music, her music, like she just played so many songs that like all of them were a hundred percent great in my mind. And I'm a very strong critic. Like if your music is whack, I'm going to tell you like your music is whack. <laughs> I, I probably won't say it like that, but I'll just let you know, like, bro, it's not it. Like, <laughs> you know, so I was, and her music was just so good. So like 
throughout the studio session, I'm like, I'm guiding her. I'm just sitting in, but it's like, I'm, I'm pretty much experienced as with audio engineering. So I'm, I'm talking to her like, Hey, do this. I'm making her feel good inside the studio. And, um, like afterwards, cause I just wanted to work with her, you know? So I just wanted to promote her and make her a, a better artist. So like afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I make some, I make some, some more of your songs. Like I want to see these hit billboards and stuff. So after the studio session, uh, we, we sit in our cars and we just, she's just playing me all her music and I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm thinking she's from Atlanta. So I'm like, yeah, we definitely finna put you on. Cause I just, I'm from Atlanta. So I just want to like, you know, support. So I'm like, yeah, we definitely finna go crazy. She told me she's from Cleveland. I was kind of hurt cause she wasn't from Atlanta, but I was like, you still good. Let's do it. So that was like the connection. And then even after that, outside of the studio, like we would pull up to like our workspaces and we would just work on more music outside of the studio. And we always kept that connection to this day. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. That's awesome. That's all. And it's it, um, the kind of like in the studio session, or, um, uh, not session, in the studio uh, um, environment, when you're coming in as an artist, right, and you're recording your stuff, there's this vulnerability, right, because you have a whole not, or a person or a couple people behind the in the other room with headphones on listening to every breath you take. And yeah. that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of, I, I, let me run that take again. You know what I mean? Like that, there's like this, uh, it's anxiety with that. And like, it takes, it's, it, it's the level of like having a bandmate or, or someone who's going to go through the, the trenches with you and get that take right. And like, not, not hear the mistake and just hear the potential. And that, that's a really special relationship that. I don't think it's as, as glorified as it should be because it is like, you don't find someone who just wants to make your shit be the shit. Usually everyone's Man. kind of thinking for themselves. So yeah. th that's beautiful. Right. And that's why I really, I really, I really had loved tune so much when I met him because, and I think when I met him, his name was still fly. It was, it? I think it was, Tune, fly, no, it was definitely not tune. I know it was tune after. It was fly. It, it was, was fly. Yeah, yeah, it was the fly. So his yeah. name was fly. <laughs> he told me his real name, so I knew him as his his his, his real name. Well, it, it wasn't even. He didn't even tell me his real name. He told me his nickname, but it's kind of a part of his real name. But um, but that's it's funny you brought that up because we're talking about like the vulnerability and the way you feel because I had been to. I think this was the first like real studio i had been to that's like it's a studio on the moniker like it's a studio and um because like i've been to like people's like you know they had it nice but maybe they had built a studio in their basement or or um you know or they got a studio in their house like i had been to like home studios they were nice but they weren't like this is like a real like business like right. you know what i mean so yeah my first time they're like being behind well i had one studio in the house where i was behind a glass but like i say it was a house studio but like i'm behind a glass it's like real engineers out there and the one engineer who was who was like uh engineering me like this is my first time the because like he said he was an intern so he was like sitting in on my session with uh another engineer um and i think he was actually a producer he was just um he knew how to uh basically record um so he he was a little like I guess that wasn't his personality. He wasn't like mean per se, but he wasn't like welcoming and like made me feel comfortable. He was just like, you know, like, you know, do it again. Like, you know, very like <laughs> and then Tune would come over here and he would be like, That sounds great. Do this, da 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 He was like so passionate and so like happy and upbeat. So like I was like he was like making me so much comfortable and like made that session go so so much so so much well because I it was it's so it's like lingo you don't know in the studio when you first get in there it's like right. they'll be like I probably knew what dub dub me but it was a lot of things that I didn't know then it was like my first real session so it's like I don't want to come off like I don't know what I'm doing you know so he just made me feel so comfortable like I can you know just relax and just do the song as best as I can do it so. Um, yeah, so that I was very happy that he was there. Like it was God sent that he was in that session. <laughs> so it, well, that's what it is because, like, do you want to punch that? What? Yeah, do you want to punch right. that take? Uh, no, I'm I, I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? Like, what are you? Right. <laughs> like, and it it goes back to kind of talking about like when you're just starting to play music. Like, there's this this like, oh, you can't do that perfectly. I don't know why you're doing it. Like, no, you got to learn. You got to get in there and you got to mess up and you got to learn the lingo and like. And, and that's why tune someone like you who sees that and like 
it's not going to, it's like you can cast the shadow of doubt or a shadow of inspiration. What are you going to do? And like, right. it's way more efficient, I think. And, and I'm, but I'm, I'm pretty rose tinted with my views. Um, everything's good, right? Or like, I like to see the best in something, but like yeah. to try to bring someone up and make the best thing you can do. And in the studio, you're trying to capture the, the best, the best live performance. Right. And like, right. But there's no crowd to to get that. There's no instant approval, right? Because it's just a couple of people in a room, and like, mm -hmm. so there's not a room full of people yelling and pumping you up. Which is that's you know where right. most the best performances come from is like everyone like simultaneously like saying you got this. So that's incredible. Um, with the two, with the the single you guys are putting out, which I I listened to on the the, the spot or no not Spotify the SoundCloud. Uh, preview track mm -hmm. like um, how'd that one come about because that one's it's super funky and rad um, <laughs> which is different from both of your stuff aside like I listened yeah. to a couple tracks I can find yeah. on both your websites and uh, it's it, it has much more of like a kind of an old school vibe to it um, yeah. what brought that around um, well it originally was um, a track that I was doing I was um because we had I had built uh we had built a studio in like an actual booth like him and his dad built it in the apartment. Um so we were in in this like the studio which is like in the living room <laughs> and I was just like listening to just it, it's a YouTube beat so I was just but me as an artist I try to pride myself on being very versatile so I haven't released a lot of like my like I have rock songs and things like that that I haven't released so at this point I remember I was like okay I've done a lot of rap and hip-hop lately R&B like I'm, I'm ready to do something different like you know um so I'm looking I'm looking through some beats and I'm trying to find something that's not just R&B that's not hip-hop that's I mean I, I I tried to find something that was like I, I felt like that gave me like a it got like little MJ, like Bruno Mars, like right. weekend. But now I don't know about the weekends, but like Bruno Mars, like a little Daft Punk, like a little groovy. Like it was different. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like something that I had put out yet or done. So you know, I was just feeling it, and then I I got to writing the the hook and doing my little ad libs in the back and da 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 and um. Tune heard it and he was like, Man, you gotta let me get on that. You gotta let me you gotta <laughs> let me get on that. So so um so yeah, then I let him want it because um like I, I with with almost every song I do, I don't always do it because it's a time and a place. But since I sing and I rap, I try to do a little bit of both. But sometimes it's just like it's just a mellow song where I just need to sing and then sometimes it's like, Well no, let me let me get a little turn up a little bit and, and rap a little bit. So um so that was one of them that I really set out in that song to like be as versatile as possible. So I kinda sung on the hook a little bit and then um rapped um the verse and um then Tune jumped on and he rapped his verse and had a lot of energy and you know what I mean? So I was like like we were like, Yeah, we gotta do it. so we got a video to it and stuff too. So I can't wait to release that. But yeah, it was very fun. It was it was definitely something different. It definitely it, yeah. it definitely yeah like like I was saying out of all the work I've heard of yours that's out, it definitely mm -hmm. sticks out. When's it? Mm -hmm. When's a? When's it drop? Does it drop this week? I can't. Um. No. Actually, it doesn't drop until. Uh. Man, that's a good question. I think I had it on. <laughs> it was like August fourteenth. I okay. could be. Okay. I'm gonna check it out while we're while we're on the phone really quick. Um. While we're talking, and I'll I'll put the official date on there. Okay. Cool. Fine, but it's like I think it was like mid August. Let me check. <laughs> but yes, it's um. Uh, I'm definitely, I've delayed it a lot. It's been a lot of stuff, but I'm just very happy that we're, we're, we're doing what we set out to do now and everything is just falling into place. Let's talk, uh, kind of what, what was the, like the big jump to, was it, was it like time in the pandemic to self-reflect? What, when was the, like, we got to do this and go all in because um, in your bio, you have this story about uh, the, um, you're, you're coming from a pretty solid gig, making pretty mm. solid dough and like mm. to just jump headfirst in the music. I mean, it, it's a big thing or just it, it fill in the blank for creative expression when you dive headfirst into it. And like, n like there's a certain 
mental break and mental in a good yeah. way. Like, a, like this is what yeah. I gotta do. Yeah. Can we, it was, what, what was the moment for both of you guys with that? Well, I'll start and, and tell mine and then I'll let Tune say for him. But for me, I got to the point where I was tired of being tired of being tired. Right. And what I mean by that is it was like, I'm so tired of people hearing my music or hearing things and saying, man, you, you, uh, what are you waiting for? You should be this. And I'm like, well, I'm waiting on, I was like waiting on a perfect moment. Just, I was just waiting on the perfect amount of income so I can, you know, get the studio sessions. I want to do the videos I want. So I was just so tired of waiting. And, and when you're waiting, the only thing came out of it is I, I noticed the more time I wait, the more um, liabilities and things I would accumulate that just mm. makes it take even longer. Like the more, um, you know, the more yeah. money I get, like, the more comfortable I get, the more it's like, oh, I'll do it later on or I'll do it. I'll do it now. Or I'm just going to get a little bit more money. And just, so it's like I just got to the point where I'm so tired of having all of this talent and having so much to offer the world and you know I'm 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 getting older and it's like I'm so tired of saying tomorrow. <laughs> I just got tired of tomorrow. Like I just got so tired of being like I'll do it I'll do it later. I'll, I'm waiting for this day. I'm waiting like it's just like no, no more waiting. Like whatever you have now just do it. Just do it. Um because I had came to Atlanta and that was supposed to be when I got started on stuff. And then even when I got here, I looked up. It had been a few years since I've been here. And it's like, what am I waiting on? What is the point? I had That's what I came here for, to get away from that. So I just got so tired of that. And um, one thing that in, in, in tune he thinks is like, he like, I, I told you this. Why you wait on wait to hear it from, from him? But um, we were riding in a car one day, and he was playing Logic. Uh, we were listening to Logic's album, and um, he he listened to it. All. I heard I heard different albums a lot, but just this one time, I just remember we were riding, doing something, and Logic was saying something. I think it was the end of some song. If you know it, say it. Um, but he kind of was just doing like his like outro where he was just talking about you know this and that and just it like. Was, um... Logic's last call. Okay. Okay. So Logic's last call. So he was just kind of just talking. And one of the things he said was, he was like, I feel so sorry. What did he say? He said he feels so sorry for people who make excuses. Make excuses. Because it's the way he said it. And I just really felt it when he said it that one time I was in a car. He was like, because he was basically saying, like, it's just never going to happen for you. I just feel so sorry for people who make excuses because it's just, and that's basically what I, it just dawned on me. Like, I am that person. I'm making excuses. He feels sorry for me. I should feel, I feel sorry for me. Yeah. And if he said it with so much patience, like, you're never going to make it because, like, you, it's just always, it's, if you let excuses hold you back from doing stuff, there's always an excuse to not do something. So if you let excuses, make you not do something you'll never do it like it just never will happen it doesn't matter how much talent you have it does not matter like so i realized like as great as i am as of an artist if i'm sitting here and nobody hears my song but the the two or three people every now and then that gets the opportunity to hear it i can be drake but nobody will never know i'm drake or you know as good as drake or whatever you know nobody would have never known drake if nobody ever heard his music little wayne you know the beatles nobody would never know who they are if they never put anything out because they're keep making excuses of why they have to wait so it just really stuck with me so if you ever hear this logic just know you did what you needed to do on that last call <laughs> so it just really resonated with me at that time and i just was like you know what no no excuses and i like he probably would tell you like i kind of just adapted this no excuses mentality and i started like doing stuff that I normally would put off and um and that was like one of the one of the things is like let's let's go ahead and, and, and do this music thing. Let's really just put my all into it, like all everything. Like and I, I wanted to make it where there was no there was no excuse because I want that's why I wanted to give up everything. I wanted to quit my my you know my regular nine to five jobs there like where I like have to make this happen because if this does not happen then like I have no choice. Like I don't. I don't want a plan B. Like this has to happen. Like this is my only choice. So I have to go full force and like as hard as I can with um, this music thing. So that's kind of the position that I purposely put myself in to make it 
to make me not be comfortable and, and not have excuses. Like, you got to do it or you're not going to eat or this all going to be in vain. You're going to look stupid. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of that. That, 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 was, that was my build up to my uh to, to everything coming to where it's at. And I'll let Tune take over for the error, you know, but that's kind of what it was for me. <laughs> Logic is one of those like posy vibes. Like he's like uh, he, he's very inspirational and in, like in in the go do it attitude and like yeah. that's 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 awesome that's definitely why he put that on that track you know what i mean like for that exact yeah. moment and like that's yeah. so cool yeah and i and i can only hope that you know one day i do the same thing for somebody else who wants to do because that's kind of my my is the, the word to use mantra or whatever but that's kind of my thing as an artist like that's that's what i stand for is and it's so funny because i would say i would i would encourage people so much to follow their dreams and like not make excuses right but i'm the one who's doing it so i was like you know being a hypocrite i guess because right. that is i am very big on that like when people come to me for advice and stuff and i'm very big like i don't just you know tell you to just quit everything of course be make a plan but make a precise action plan that can get you where you're trying to go um that's going to minimize the excuses to not get there um but that's basically what what i'm all about and the fact that i wasn't even doing that myself so now i'm just really big on it and it's just like you know whatever needs whatever it takes you know because you only have one life so do what makes you happy or at least at least do your best to make it. If it doesn't happen, you know, it sometimes it's life, but you will live with no regrets and you'll be able to say, I really gave it my all. And and one thing I'm finding out in life, if you really dedicate your something to it, to something and give it your all, uh, nine times out of 10, I see success come out of that because that's just the way that the world works. It's like, you know, you put your all in stuff, you really try, you really do it. it it'll come, it'll come, might, maybe not the way you thought it would, but things will come out of it that'll you know be a good outcome for you right and even so uh, the kind of speak upon that before we get the tunes um mm -hmm. it, with like uh, perseverance is going to equal success right as long as you keep at what you're doing eventually you're going to be oh you do music that's what you do even if you haven't got to the financial goal you're going to mm -hmm. establish this 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 um this uh, character which is you that does music right and mm -hmm. other people are going to see that and they're going to be like well you you're doing that maybe if i just do that too and like we lead so much by example that we don't even know uh -huh. like uh -huh. and it, so it's crucial like even when it seems a little self like uh um glorifying or or, or a, a better word for that like when you're like oh they're just doing them they don't want to talk about them but part of doing you is showing everyone else that they can do it too and i think mm -hmm. that's super important and yep. uh yeah 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 so, yep. tunes, what you got? Sorry, I I can rattle I can rattle on it, but I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't want to. Nah, it's okay. Um, mine is basically what made me like delve into music is it's my passion for it. You know, a little cliche, but it it truly is it's like this is something I've always wanted to do ever since I was a little boy, making music. So, I've always been an eyeball as far as passion. You know, you got people growing up like, go be a lawyer. You gotta you gotta go to college. You gotta get the full scholarship, get the full ride, you know, so you can have a plan B and C and D and F and all this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good to set your family up straight. But it was like, for me, it was like, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to make music. I want to do what I love. So no matter where I was at in my life, I was making music. When I was in middle school, I was writing raps. When I was in high school in class, of course I passed my classes, but I was still writing raps. When, when I wasn't going to go to college, but, my mom was like, you got to go to college. So she applied for me to college. So when I got accepted, when I was in college, in class, like, I was still writing rap. <laughs> I was like, you know, still writing music. And um, even up to the point where I was, like, working at Chick-fil-A, even in college, I would, I was, I had a uh, mic in my dorm room. And, like, so I was still making music in there. Like, my friends across the hall would borrow they they knew I had the equipment, so they would borrow my stuff. We would make songs together. But even even I had I worked at Chick Fil A in uh, college to like you know keep money in my pocket. So on my way walking, I had to walk because I didn't have a car. So on my way walking to Chick Fil A off campus, I was listening to my music that I made at Chick Fil A. I was I was like thinking of raps in my head. When I got off, I was still making those songs. Even even when like the uh, Chick Fil A like managers wanted me to be like a manager he was like come on uh come in we gotta uh we want to train you it's like 
okay, I really didn't want to do it, but I still did it. But like, even in those times when they really asked me to like stay, cause um, it came to a point where I quit, cause like it, that wasn't my passion. Like, I don't want to be assistant manager. I don't want to own a chick play. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so like, even when it got to the point where they was trying to like keep me on and calling me and like literally like begging me to stay, asking me to stay at Chick Fil A, was like, no, nah, I gotta quit. And you got people who I know, like, you know, these it's, it's people who are like, what? You're not doing that? Why are you not doing that? It's such a good setup. It's like, they didn't understand. It's like, this is not what I want to do. Like, I want to make music. So for some people who will delve into that stuff, it's like, you're going to do what it has to takes to get where you want to be. So like, I had to quit. I had to, you know, do certain things and put myself in certain positions that was monetarily hard, financially hard. Like even my living situation at a particular time in my life was like really hard because it was it was the only way like you know what i'm saying to to get where i want to be and do what i had to do to like invest certain things so for me delving in it's like you know it wasn't really a, a hard choice it's it's, it's it's something i've always done as far as like doing what i have to do to get where i want to be yeah i would say you definitely yeah no that makes a i mean uh, to do any any creative goal that anyone has, right, it takes that dedication, but it also takes to kind of speak upon, Silver, what you were talking about before, the self, uh, self-learning. self Like you learn all, all this stuff we go through, like if it's getting a manager position, right, we're learning bits about what we can do to hopefully to re-engage and put in that thing we want to do. So self-knowledge is the takeaway for anything, If it, even if it's being in a algebra class and being like, I really have problems with organized things or what you know whatever the takeaway is it's learning that bit learning how to fix or enhance or work with that bit to use it for what you want to do and if it's music or if it's poetry and like so but that first dedicate these first stories and these first forethoughts are so important because that's what's going to resonate with with anyone everyone someone's going to have that exact position where like oh i can do that because you did that you know right so that's crucial and very cool. And I'm like, and hope, sorry. Oh, sorry. I don't want to say, um, I hope, I hope a lot of people, it's a lot of people with talents and it's a lot of people with passions, whether it's like cooking and you're a chef and you really want to be a chef, but you just don't think you can do it. Cause you got your, your Ramsey's in here, not throwing no shade, but it's like, cause that's not shade, but it's like, you got other people right. who are just like really good at what they do. And you don't think you have a slide in it. Like, I just, I just hope, like, even what I'm doing maybe can, like, give some people inspiration. Like, you know, I'm just going to do it. Because, like, like, like uh, Silver said, you only get one life. You know what I'm saying? You know this. You only get one life. And, like, once you die, like, you're over it. So over it. So just live life your best way and, and do what you want to do. Right. No, agreed. Um, Before we kind of wrap it up, you have a cartoon in the works? Oh, yeah, I do. What's that about? <laughs> so, uh, oh, man, it's funny. Let me tell you the story of how it arose. So, <laughs> so um uh I, I I'm a performer so um I go to dance class it, like post pandemic ever since the pandemic I stopped you know cuz everything was closed but before that I would go to dance classes a lot and um dance so I met this girl there and she was a dancer and like she was really cute so we would dance together we would flirt here and there and all this and um I kind of like took like the left route when i sent her a text message and i was like why did i send that text message <laughs> like the bad text message to send and i was like that's 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 some that's some douchebag stuff like i shouldn't have said that and i know i did i know i shouldn't have said that so i apologized to her and all this stuff but like she just never texted me back she never texted back and i was like man that's a douchebag so at that moment like i'm i'm, I'm real creative and like real cognitive with what i do and i'm, I'm very good at like taking things in certain situations and creating it into art. So like I was like, that's why that's why the name is uh Douchey McDoucheyson because <laughs> that that was some real douchebag stuff what I what I what I said and did or what I said in the text. And I was like, I just I found a way to turn it into a cartoon. And now the cartoon is about a guy named Douchey McDoucheyson. And he's just a complete douchebag. And he uh he goes around town and he just wreaks havoc on the whole town and like he has friends and it's ironic because one of his friends is like a good person and his dad you know i'll leave it to the cartoon but basically he's he's a, he's a douchebag and that's where it came from. it came from me being a douchebag in person and i just turned it into a cartoon 
that's that's sharing those experiences and learning from them and having fun with it in a creative way. That's awesome. Right, um, when's that supposed to come out? Because like I, on your website it said too, uh, uh, there it wasn't out yet. Coming soon. So yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to next next uh, January. That's that's when I'll probably like release the first episode. Okay, sick. That's a lot yeah. to do to to edit stuff like that and animate it. It's not even yeah, just yeah. editing the sound, which I'm gonna do when we're done here for this. It takes equal amount of time. You know, you put double in what you, you initially do. And, like, so to do something yeah. animated and move through all these frames, you're like, man, now I have, like, a bunch of respect for all the cartoons I grew up watching and being like, there's no new episode this week. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Bro, you look, at, you look at everything differently. Like, you know, when you're a creator, it's like you look at stuff through a different lens. So right. I try to look at cartoons the same way, but now that I'm looking at cartoons, I'm looking at the editing and the way they move and stuff. It's just completely different. Right. It's a, it's a new perspective for, and that's, I guess that's the beauty, like about just education in general, to kind of put that in a general statement. The more you learn about a thing, the more you have appreciation for the things you never noticed. Like, oh, right. I never really cared about uh, crown molding or, 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 or gravel. But now that I know that, you know, well, that comes, you know, whatever it is, there's this enlightening thing, even if it's just like, oh, that's a lot of work. You know, even if it's <laughs> not a good enlightenment, like there's little sparks that come from that. Well, guys, this has been, this has been an excellent conversation. I really, I really, I'm really glad you hit me up and I'm really glad to have gotten that like epic subject of an email and like, I'm <laughs> like super stoked that you guys are doing your passion and helping the community can you one more time can we plug all the specifics times and everything for the event yes so the event is um at karush park um on june 12th which is this upcoming saturday and at from seven o'clock to 2 p.m there will be live performers there will be free food and there will be vendors and it's all going to um the saint herman house um cleveland i think they say focus um but it's, it's the cleveland location um and they provide if i'm if i'm if i correct i might have to correct myself later if i'm wrong but i want to say they provide food um seven days a week i'm pretty sure they like they give out a meal every single day which is amazing um and i know that they house some people um but they might mainly feed the homeless as much as they can so i've even been there at one point in time and they, they were all very friendly uh when i used to do this uh other organizations that help get get the uh, phones to people who um, are below a certain income threshold. I used to come through there and kind of make sure people have their um, phones that they were eligible to get. And I was able to um, be there and they were very welcoming. They even offered me some food and things like that. And I was like, wow, this is a, a great um, place. And it, you know, it's very welcoming because sometimes you, you go to like um, shelters and things like that. And the staff act like they don't want to be there. It's just a job to them. It's not a welcoming place. So um, I really appreciated that. And I really, I thought it was a great thing. So um, when I when I was looking for um, something in the area, when I saw them, I actually I didn't remember the name, but I looked at the house because I remember like that's where I was. So I reached out to them, and they were like more than happy to uh, you know um, take any donations that we can give to them. And um, so I was I was I was happy about that. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think. I got the time. My social media is Silver is Key, S-I-L-V-R-I-S-K-E-E. -E. Um, if anybody want to check that out, um, message me, anything like that. I'm just trying to make sure that I gave you everything as far as the tour goes. I think that's, um, that's it, the events. Right. right. Any other plugs for anything yeah. you guys are doing? What so, else you got? Yeah, I checked the Rock Your Body. That's going to be released August 13th. That'll be Perfect. released all platforms. So make sure you guys um, follow me um tune y'all didn't get a chance to get into that but he's not a big social media person it's kind of like i guess his, it's not even just his persona it's really who he is as a person so he does not have an instagram <laughs> well we're gonna get him one i'm telling him like i know you don't like it but it's i mean it's kind of his brand and his story like he's just not into that stuff you know what i mean i guess he's just not i guess he's just all about the music he's not really about right. all the other so um he doesn't have a social media but he does have his website btntune.com um 
And I'm just trying to, I think I pretty much got everything. We do have some music out on SoundCloud, a little bit all on YouTube. But to be honest, this is where I'm really starting. Um, Anything that I have out is really was just getting my feet wet. I haven't really birthed, like, my material that I really want the world to hear, like, my babies. So Rocket Body is going to be one of the first. And then from there, like, anything I have out was just really to, like, get get my feet wet and just be like I put something out to make myself feel good to to not be waiting you know how I told right, you I wait right so let me find something that's probably not going to be on the album but still good and let me just release that so that way I'm I'm actually feeling good that I'm doing something while I'm you know doing the uh because like we were talking about it's, you have to be still calculated and create a release strategy you know you don't want to just be like I just don't want to wait and just put it out you know what I mean right. um so kind of have the ones that's like okay this probably is not gonna be something that i'm promoting per se with the album but it's still good music that i can drop in the meantime so that way i can have more time to actually work on my my um plan to to actually execute um the album and or the single and things like that but um anything else tune that i missed um i just want to say my soundcloud because <laughs> you know i got good music on soundcloud uh, the SoundCloud is Tune. You can just type in, in the search bar Tune with two U's, T-U-U-N-E, music on SoundCloud. And I will be releasing actual music on all streaming digital platforms. Mm, about like, I don't want to say a date, but it's, it's, it's going to be coming really soon. And that's, that's the real good music. Nice. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for hanging out and hitting me up. Uh, like... I keep you guys are doing some badass shit and it's going to change the world. And I think more, more artists and more creatives should be doing that. And like you're yeah. leading the way for that. So, yes, I am very excited. Thank you so much. Ziggy, it's been a pleasure. This yes, was so I love, fun. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>